She says, well, you are quite the chatterbox. Man, she like just learned English. She like had a had a vocabulary of zero a year ago. Okay, like <laughs> chill I out. I about that. Hello and welcome to our Stranger Things podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is uh, luckily all three of us have a sister, and we have one singular sister, which really works out nicely, Um, and they're all, oh, yes, they're all younger sisters. Yes, that's so strange. We are all the older siblings, so we all know the the unfairness the of being older, older sister. Sibling. That's yeah. us. Yeah. So it's going to be, uh, what would your sister's superpower be? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even what your superpower is going to be. What it's your what sisters, your sisters yeah. would be. Um, my sister really loves marine life. And so I think my sister's superpower would be echolocation. Oh, wouldn't be talking to animals? N- no. Echolocation. Yeah. I feel like animals, if you were trying to talk to animals, they would just be like, just deeply stupid and annoying. And I don't want to <laughs> wish her that. <laughs> You know? I want to talk to a cat so bad. Well, yeah, sure, if you get to, like, choose. But, like, I'm not here telling exactly what the rules are going to be. Like, I just oh, don't okay, know. Okay. It like, could be an Edward Cullen thing where you just hear everybody you don't get to choose, you know? Oh, my God. Mm. Can you imagine the cacophony of sound if you were outside? Yeah, we live terrible. on a beach. The amount Every of, oh seagull, my God. like, truly mine, 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 mine is what would be they happening. Would just be screaming. Yeah. <laughs> so. Freaking seagull. So, yeah. Uh, maybe that's not what she would say, but that's what I'm going to say. What? So, what does the echolocation entail, though? Like, she can just... Yeah, she'll just, like, know where stuff is. She would never run into a corner. That's cool. I like it. Or run into somebody else going around a corner or something. She would be the least clumsy person in the world. It would be great, because then she we'd be like, hey, is there any hand sanitizer in that store? And she'd be like, no. <laughs> I want her to make that exact sound that sounds vaguely like a dolphin. Yeah, well, that's the point. Um, or just, like, Perry the platypus noise would be great. I don't gotcha. know if she can make mm-hmm. that one. I, I don't certainly know. can't, but... I don't know what noise that is. My mom can. My mom can do the Perry the platypus. Really? Yeah. What it's is... Just like, what it's is just, like, it? a growling sound. Oh. Uh, well... Like Chewbacca? No. No. Uh. Can you do the R2-D2 sound, please? No. Please! <laughs> this is not a Star Wars podcast. You go. <laughs> My name is... <laughs> I really want to hear the R2-D2 sound. <clears throat> My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 30-year-old artist and journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. So, <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> so, my sister actually picked her superpower, like, years ago. She's very vocal about She's it. She's very vocal <laughs> about what she wants her superpower to be. And she wants to have the ability to make anyone anywhere at any time poop their pants. Like... Like, full, like, have to excuse yourself, poop your pants level. Well, I'm sorry, any... <laughs> I feel like if I pooped my pants even just a little bit, I would have to excuse myself. Yeah, so. that, that's fair, that's fair. But we're talking, like, just an Major. alarming amount. Yeah. yeah. Um, horrifying. Just by thinking about them. So, yeah. like, all she would have to do is be like... And this is what she imagines, is that Trump would one day be live on TV. Yeah. And she would just look at him and make him poop his pants. Mm-hmm. And how, how she would get him out of office is dehydration. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> she God! <laughs> she do it every single day. See, I was thinking of like, people who cut you off in traffic. Like, no, yeah, she has plans for that, too. But her plan specifically for, like, Trump specifically, mm-hmm. dehydration through constant diarrhea. <laughs> All right. I am... So uncomfortable. <laughs> People actually are fans of my sister. <laughs> she has fans. She shouldn't. <laughs> you have fans as well. How do you feel about that? I shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs>
My name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 27-year-old television critic. I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. Um, my sister is very kind and very sweet, but also nice. she like... <laughs> Hang on, so she doesn't want people to poop their pants? No. Cool. I mean, maybe. She might. I don't yeah, know. Who's to say? She could. Like, she could secretly have a list of people that should poop their pants. Can you please ask her? I, I will. Thank Maybe you. she'll listen to this podcast and uh, and let us know. Maybe. I feel like so she would have some kind <laughs> like, of... I genuinely feel like Morgan would listen to this podcast and be like, Lindsay's is so much better than mine, though. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay's is better than, like, most people's, yeah. unless you, like, don't like that kind of humor, and then I don't know what to... I don't... I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm torn for Morgan's, because I feel like she would either have some kind of ability where she can, like sense other people's emotions or, like, control other people's emotions. Mm. Oh, to, like, make sure they have nice days? Yeah. Aww. Or she would just do telekinesis so that she doesn't have to, like, go get things, which I totally understand. Or, like, even teleportation because I think, like, in her heart she's a little adventurer and she wants to go places. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you don't choose teleportation as your superpower you're just like wasting mm-hmm. your opportunity okay i chose healing so that i could heal in people but that's okay oh yeah well i feel i still feel like you're wasting opportunity i agree <laughs> i agree in, in no world would i ever not choose teleportation yeah you never have to play for pay for a plane ticket again or parking or parking but i want to heal the sick <laughs> All right, Brittany. And well, myself. Mother, I can't teleport with you, so me and Sam will see I you also, at Disney World. No, there's like a number of things. I want to make sure that the people around me are always healthy so that they live as long as possible, and me. So like there is an element of selfishness Why? there. And then you can just teleport me places. I'll keep you healthy and you take me places. Okay, sure. Cool. See, and then if Robin picks a third one, then we have a three-way power triangle. I really want teleportation, though, so <laughs> Sam's going to have to change her. No. Shape-shifting. No. Uh, oh. Well, you could make us look like celebrities and we could get in places. You know what's funny about this is that it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> so let's just move on. <laughs> I think you'll find that given time, I could turn this into a full-blown fight. <laughs> I don't want to give you time. I'm ready to move on. <laughs> okay. Today we have words to say about episode 207 of Stranger Things, The Lost Sister. Some words, but not many words. <laughs> uh, this episode will contain spoilers for the entirety of seasons 1, 2, and 3 of Stranger Things. So first of all, the title, The Sister, She is Lost. Mm. Ah, deep stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. But there was a fun fact on the wiki for this. I was going to say it's a kind of an interesting double entendre mm. about which sister is lost. Mm. Go off. Because Elle is lost, like, t- kind of physically, because she's, like, out on her own, on an adventure, in a big city by yeah. herself. And Callie is kind of lost because uh, she's very emotionally damaged and has not mm-hmm. healed at all. It's true. I think that that is that that is a really good um, thing that just sort of like worked out for them because that wasn't the original intention. Yeah. Um, so there was a fun fact on the wiki that said on August thirty first, twenty sixteen, the second season was announced through a trailer published through social media. I remember um, listing the initial titles of the nine episodes. The trailer showed that this episode was originally titled "The Lost Brother." Oh, this is because in early development, Callie was originally a male character who was referred to as Roman. Ew. Um, and then when. <laughs> Linnea, who is who plays Callie, was cast. The character was changed to female, and the episode title was obviously changed. Um, so, like, they didn't originally like mean for it to be like Callie, and then also Eleven, but like that really worked out nicely for them, didn't it? I think that's really cool that like they were just like, okay, this role should could go to like any gender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that is cool. I'm glad that I'm glad they ended up casting a woman though, because like I feel like I 
this isn't one of our favorite episodes. We've been clear about that. I feel like I would have liked it even less if it yeah. were a dude. Right? There's already so many men in this show. Exactly. Yeah, there really is. So there were a couple other fun facts just like about the general um, episode. Uh, Eleven is the only main character to make a physical appearance in this episode. Um, Hopper and Mike only appear in The Void and oh, right. in flashbacks throughout the episode. Um, I like that they call it The Void. We call it The Inside Out, which is like, uh, The Void probably makes more sense, but we think The Inside Out is funnier. Yeah. Yes, we do. And then it said this is the first episode of the series and maybe only episode of the series in which Joyce... Dustin, well, yeah, D- Joyce, and then Dustin, who only appears in archive footage. Lucas, Nancy, Jonathan, and Steve do not appear. Well, that's probably why we don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then Will and Max, who's in archive footage. Billy, Karen, Bob, and Dr. Owens are also not in it. So yeah. those are the other main characters who mm-hmm. are who are not in the episode. Hopper's also only in archive footage. No, Ho- no, Hopper's inside the void. In the, so inside out. But that's from the previous episode. Right, but it's clear that they had to like reshoot some of it because it was in like a different uh, perspective and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, this is the first and maybe only episode in which Joyce, Dustin, Lucas, Nancy, Jonathan, and Steve aren't in it. Um, I hope so. Because I like can't remember in season three of any but I'm pretty sure they're I'm pretty all sure in they're it. in every episode. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed season three, so I don't, I don't, there's not an episode that I didn't like in season three. So you're like, Joyce must have been in all of them. Exactly. Oh my god. (laughs) Cool, so. I would have gotten really bored. Let's go into our notes. Um, we obviously had to do this one chronologically, so we split it up into three thirds, and each of us are going to summarize our third, and, uh, I'm gonna go first, because I did the first third. Yay! The episode starts with Eleven just getting out of the mind space with Terry. She tells Becky what she saw. They realize that Terry wanted Eleven to see Callie. She can't find her in the inside out until later that night. It seems maybe she was blocking her out until then. Eleven goes to tell Becky and finds that she's called Hopper and Joyce to tell them that she's here. Eleven gets upset and runs away. She takes a bus to Chicago to find Callie. She's amazed by the city and has to go through back alleys, places that little girls should not go, and I was afraid for her even though I've seen this before. Mm -hmm. She follows her intuition to an abandoned building that Callie lives in. Callie's friends try to intimidate Eleven into telling them how she found them, but Callie stops them. Eleven proves that she is like Callie, and she welcomes her in. Eleven tells Callie everything, and Callie shows her her power. Callie believes they were meant to find each other and belong together. Callie goes back to her friends who make fun of her for taking care of Eleven. Callie wants to use Eleven's powers to find people without moving. She wants to go out on a hunt tomorrow night. She's like, Eleven, we belong together. And then she's like, let's use her for our own game. (laughs) Immediately. Yeah. So we learned that the reason why um, Terry says the word rainbow is obviously what we learned last episode, but also because the rainbow room is where Callie and Eleven were held. Yes. I'm pretty sure that was like a club in the old timey days. The rainbow room? The rainbow room. Doesn't that sound like something from like the 70s or 80s? The old timey days. Yeah, it sounds sounds like that. I don't know for sure if it is or not. Um, Eleven says that Callie looked different to her, which is basically her way of saying that she was a different race. Terry kept files of other missing missing children like Callie, and she hers was a girl missing in London, and she's like, that was definitely her. So, which is why she has an accent. Yeah. Mm. So she tries to find Callie in the inside out, but she can't find her. Um, and I originally thought, like, rewatching this, because this was only the second time I had ever seen the episode. Yeah. I thought maybe Callie was, like, blocking her out until, like, a specific time or something, but then it, she seems, like, really surprised to see her, so I'm not sure. Eleven's been sleeping in the nursery, like, where she originally was supposed to sleep when when uh, Terry had her as when a baby. When she's mm-hmm. a little baby. And this part was sad. So Eleven goes to Becky and Becky 
is calling Joyce and Hopper. Not to, like... Eleven she's takes not it. trying to rat her out yeah. or anything. And Eleven takes it as, like, she's trying to get rid of me. But I think she's just trying to, like, let them know. Because she saw, like, how, yeah. how desperate Joyce was to find Will. And they thought that this was a step in the right direction. Exactly. So she wanted to, like, let them know that she was there. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. I'm was, really, was, I'm really team Becky in, in many, many different ways. Well, it's like, it's the thing to do if you're an adult, mm-hmm. period. Because, like, there's, a, even there's if, a kid here. Even if you want to keep this child and, like, have her live with you, someone else is looking for her. Yeah. And if you don't tell them that you have her and she's here willingly, you can be you're a kidnapper. Yeah. Kidnapping. Yeah. This also reminds me of season one when Benny called, um... I was just gonna say that. ...child services, and then everything went terribly. It's like, these are all, like, very, like, well-minded things that people are doing. Like, they have good intentions. But, like, when you're a child, it's like... Everything's a betrayal. Yeah. And Benny got murdered after that, so I wonder if, like... I I think that Eleven is betrayed by this, but I think maybe in the back of her mind, she also maybe wants to, like, I don't know, protect Becky a little bit... Because, I like that. Because Benny died when he called somebody yeah. last mm-hmm. time. Um, and the person she was calling was Flo at the police station. <laughs> oh, um, Flo. Good old Flo. She's probably so sick of this. <laughs> She's, She's like, just again? tired of all of these people. And of course, Flo is one of the people, like, I mean, I think Hopper is literally the only person who knows that she's around, but like, Flo doesn't know, right? So she- She's like, what kid? Yeah. Right. Um, so Eleven steals Becky's money and runs. Same. Um, on the TV, we have Action News 8, and 8 is obviously Callie's number. <gasps> I didn't even pick up on that! There are 8s all over the place this episode. Mm-hmm. Then we get the bus ride, and the sign says, Welcome to Illinois. So, obviously, they have moved on from Pittsburgh. They sure have. Um, which is where they were at the beginning of the season. I think that when Eleven gets off the bus, like, she has never seen this many people in her entire life. Yeah. Yo, seeing that sure. many people is, like, stressful now. I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, none of those people are appropriately like, Oh, distinct. gosh, they're not yeah. wearing masks. Yeah. So then she sees police officers, and I think maybe they remind her of Hopper. I guess. Like, I don't I don't know if it's like a, see the police officers, oh, yikes, I'm breaking the rules, I don't want to look at the police officers, or if it's a police officers, I feel safe with them because my dad is one. I think they're supposed, I think it's, I think it's a, I don't want to be seen by the police officers because mm-hmm. I don't want to be caught. Because I know I'm doing something that's would I would be in trouble for, mm-hmm. and probably also reminds her of Hopper, and then looks away because it's painful because to think right. of Hopper right now. Gotcha. So she all of the above. at this point has not heard his apology. That's true. Um. So some guy bumps into her and she calls him a mouth breather, and I'm like, oh yeah, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get a little song about how she's a little runaway, and it's real cute. And the soundtrack in this episode is the best part of this episode. It's, yeah, I stand by it's it. really good. So Eleven is in the dark, scary alley, and I'm like, ma'am, you should not be here. Ma'am, you are five. And ooh, this is this is my first time watch like when I watched the episode, I was like, ooh, I have actual thoughts on this part. Okay. The part where a person turns to her and goes, They're all dead, right? Yeah. And it's like, first of all, that guy's just crazy, right? Oh yeah. But that could be interpreted not necessarily by Eleven, but, like, by the audience. Mm-hmm. We just got a huge cliffhanger about everybody <gasps> oh, who's, like, yeah. in super major yeah. trouble. So, like, you know, watching this for the first time, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching this freaking heckin' bottle episode. Would I want to watch this other thing so, so, so bad? And this man turns to Eleven and goes, they're all dead. And I'm like, shut up, like, sir. What do you mean? <laughs> Get out of here. No. So I think that that's kind of, like, interpreted potentially as, like, the question that we're all asking about everybody else. I think you're totally mm-hmm. right. Okay, so she gets to the place where she needs to go, 
Because I guess her, like, intuition just, like, took her around, I think, right? Yeah, it's like, I don't understand how she navigated this whole way by herself. She doesn't even have a map. Well, that her map is her mind, because she's supposed to, like, she can she find, can, like, locate her. Yeah, but, like... She has Callie's. Even, like, not, even new confusing. places? That's confusing. I meant, like, my sister Callie, um, her power, which oh is, my like, God. <laughs> Um, that one's confusing. I was like, that was a little confusing. My bad. Um, but it was weird because she couldn't find her in the inside out. And so I'm like, so how are you finding her now? I'm not sure. Um, why are they so mean to her right off the bat? Just because they're garbage. <laughs> yeah, they, um, they're pretty aggressive. Yeah. Like, this is a kid. Maybe because, they, well, I mean, but at the same time, they've all learned not to trust people, right? I guess. And she's like a, a stranger. Yeah. Yeah. She's, oh no, it's, it's shitty what they do. But I'm like, okay, well, why would they have done this? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a lack of trust on their part. Like, Eleven can take care of herself, you know, and she's she is not as intimidated by these people. Mm-mm. But first of all, I would not find myself there at that age. No. But if I were there and they were being mean to me, Lord knows I would be crying and running away. <laughs> I would leave. I would be like, you guys seem like jerks. I'm going to go. And then do you feel bad? Look, like, you made a little girl cry. Like, if I had been Eleven, I probably would have, like, broken his hand. Right. Ooh, Yeah. <laughs> So she says that she's looking for her sister, and we get, um, there's a whole bunch of, like, new characters that we literally never see again. Um, so Mick, who's kind of the, like, mama bear of everybody, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, she, like, kind of tries to stand up for Eleven, but Axel, who's the mohawk guy, like, just full-on doesn't care. Mm -hmm. Axel's Um, just dumb. Dude threatens a little girl with a knife. Yeah. What is up with that? I would have broken his hand. Like, I know that she has special powers, but, like, in my mind, I'm just, like... That's a he, little girl. He doesn't know that. She's yeah. 11. Like, like, that's a little girl. She can't, like, she can't do anything to you. She's a little baby. Exactly. And, like, I mean, yes, she, of course, she obviously, obviously can, but, but like, he, he doesn't know that. that. Exactly. I think that these kids have been, like, so abandoned and so ostracized that, like, they have to act big and act tough in order to seem intimidating to anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, that facade has to stay up 24-7, not only to, like, convince other people, but mostly to convince, like, themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, the only explanation for why these people are so aggressive is because, like, they think they have to be. Yeah. And so he, like, just has this little knife, like, this little dinky knife. And I'm like, you know what? That's not going to help you. But, but like, yikes. Because he doesn't know. He's literally that guy from Indiana Jones who brought a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> um, and he threatens to cut off her hair, which is, like, a, which is a thing with her because mm-hmm. she had her hair um, shaved off a lot. So Callie... Like, also, like, what a weird threat. Yeah. I'm going to cut off your hair. I'm like, huh? It's because men think that our hair is, like, really sacred. Yeah. Because, like, long hair equals femininity. Mm -hmm. And, like, this is the 80s or whatever. Some people, like, consider their hair very sacred, which is totally fine. It's not, like, a If someone cut off my hair, I'd lose my mind. Yeah. But but I think that they, like, just assume that that is... Like, her hair is already short, so, like... Yeah. mm -hmm. Is it because you think it's really cute? It's also like, like, I don't want to ruin it. Cutting off (laughs) hair is all about a loss of agency. Mm -hmm. So Callie has Axel see spiders crawling up his arm because to remind everybody, her power is being able to- Like create illusions. Create illusions that certain people only see. And of course he's scared of spiders, so he drops it. Um, She's from London, so she has an accent, but she got, it seems like she was so young when she got taken though. I guess, I guess she just- retained her accent. She was like, um, I want to have an accent, so this is my accent. Axel, I think it was Axel, calls Eleven a schizo. I'm like, dude, your friend has powers. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, what the hell? Like, why are you, why are you calling her, like, also, first of all, rude. Like, it's, it's, it's super, super rude to use, um, 
A disability as an insult. Yeah, like a mental... Also, it's very ableist. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just really shitty thing to do. Yeah. Also, so, people, with, people with schizophrenia, like, they're going through enough. You don't need to, like, <laughs> yeah. use them as a slur. Yeah. But I'm also just like, you think she's, like, crazy or whatever. It, like, the word that he's using mm. is basically, like, trying to hurt her yeah, and make to, her yeah. think that, he, that... Or, like, basically saying she's crazy. You're unstable. Um, Your friend has powers. You're like, she's... Like, you're such a hypocrite. <laughs> Like, you literally hang out with someone because she has powers and can, like, defend you like that. Mm-hmm. I and feel like I feel like he's one of those white people who, like, will say the N-word, but it's like, no, it's okay because I have one black friend. And it's like, Ugh. no! 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 Still not for you. We are all white people. We don't say that word. Mm-hmm. So Eleven proves herself by moving his knife, um, and she introduces herself as Jane. I don't like that name for her. Just okay. Just thought I'd let you know. I like that she eventually, like, stops using it, but I get why she's using it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Also because, like, Callie doesn't go by eight, you know? And so she probably- well, yeah. So it, she- And she's trying to, like, reclaim- exactly. the, the stuff that was, like, hidden from her and, like, kept from her. So she's trying out Jane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's totally fine. It's just that I don't think that name was the one that fit with Eleven. No. Like, right. I wish they'd just picked a different name. Like, the writers had picked a different name. Well, I think the reason why they chose that name is because, like, Terry it's had no a... idea, like, you know. Yeah, and you're right. T- like, maybe she would have grown up to be somebody who who matched a the Jane. name Jane. Yeah. Um, if all these terrible things hadn't happened to her, you know? All right, fair enough. So, a uh, fun fact from IMDb was, in the Hindu religion, Kali is the god of destruction and evil, but can sometimes be used for good. Eleven sisters named Kali, and when the two first meet in the warehouse, there is a painting behind Kali of a blue person, and Kali, the god of destruction, is blue. That's really yes. cool. So there you go. So is it Kali or Kali? Like, what, how is it pronounced in the episode? In the episode, it's pronounced Kali. Okay. But we've been calling it, doing it. Callie this whole time. Okay, so maybe we should switch to Callie. I don't know if I can, because I think my brain will just say Callie, because that's my sister's name, sister's name but okay. I will try. Okay. Um, so yeah, obviously they both have numbers, and Eleven says that she's been with Hopper for 327 days. Callie says that she doesn't think that Hopper can get Eleven freed. I really feel like she's trying to turn Eleven against Hopper. Oh, oh she for is. sure. She, uh, and she she refuses to use his name as well. She keeps saying you're policeman or you're whatever she says. Yeah, it's definitely like depersonalization. Mm-hmm. Well, does does Eleven ever say his name to her? Maybe not. Yeah. Um. So maybe not that. All right. Okay. Still, so fair enough then. But I still think she's trying to turn her against. Oh, him. for sure she is. But I think it's because Callie fears authority in mm-hmm. every form. Mm-hmm. Um, because of what happened to them as kids, which is one hundred percent fair. Yeah. The thing it's the thing is though that. Kali thinks that she is in a position to help Eleven because she thinks that sh- what she is doing is, like, healing her and, like, giving her the process to reclaim her life, basically. Even though what she's doing is just a response to having been tortured and, like, damaged, and it's also not healthy either. Mm-hmm. So she's she thinks what she's doing is right, but she's not. Yeah. And it, like, makes sense why she's doing it. But it's still not healthy. Yeah. So she has a different power than Eleven. She can make people see or not see things. And she shows her like a magic rainbow butterfly, which is very cute. And she gets her a place to sleep. And she says that she feels whole now and that they belong together. And I don't think that this is manipulation. I think that she really does feel that way. And at the end of the episode, when Eleven leaves, like I can tell that she's really messed up by it. Yeah. Um, I wish that this had been explored more i understand why it wasn't because this episode had such a negative reaction reaction online um and 
once again, I really think <laughs> that if it had been, instead of a bottle episode, sprinkled out throughout the rest yep. of the season, I really feel like people would have enjoyed it more mm-hmm. and potentially we would have gotten more of it in season three. But, yeah. you know, that's just how the cookie crumbles. They also could have built Kali out as, like, more of, like, this trauma survivor who, like, because she's very clearly just her every movement is a response to trauma. And so she's trying to be proactive instead of reactive. And if they had like spread that out more, we could like see more of like that softer side too. But mm-hmm. all we see here is sort of like this finely honed like machine mm-hmm. who's trying to take down everyone. And we don't see a lot of those little softer moments. And I think if we had, she would have been like a character that could have lasted past this episode. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know if she say if she's like finely honed even. She's like very emotional and reckless about all yeah, of Yeah, that's true. So like more like single minded. Well no, it's just a very different response to the trauma than what Eleven has. And it's yeah. a it's a valid response to the trauma because like Holy wanting crap, revenge yeah. is absolutely one thousand percent fair. It's just uh also not healthy either like neither of them are processing what happens to them in a healthy way and they both need therapy yeah and neither of them's gonna get it because like how do you process something that like no one else has any experience with yeah like in a lot of ways Kali was right like they're kind of like they're the only two people in the world who understand each other mm-hmm. but the problem is that they're not in places to like understand that concept or to help each other they're just all they can do is like perpetuate each other's like worst instincts. Also, Eleven has a better support system than Kali because Kali is like the head of her group of like emotional misfits and like Yeah, outcasts, she doesn't have a partner. But she doesn't have she has never had an authority figure that like actively cared yep. about her and like went through the work of like giving her opportunities in the space to heal and the proper tools that she needs. Meanwhile, Eleven, while she's angry at Hopper and while Hopper is not perfect, has Hopper and Joyce and, like, all of her friends who are a better support system for her to eventually get those Mm -hmm. tools and heal. And also, like, you'll notice, actually, that Kali is never, like, hanging out with her friends, you nope. know? Like, whenever you see them just, like, hanging out waiting, she's always, like, up on, up on the roof or, like, I don't know, somewhere else. Like, the other room, you know? When Eleven shows up, she comes down the stairs when everybody else is hanging out. And, like, later when everybody's, like, playing poker and stuff, she's not there, you know? So I'm like, yeah. do you even yeah. hang out with your friends or are you, like, an authority figure to them, you I know? I think she's the boss. Yeah. yeah. And so she isolates herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also, I feel bad for the actress who plays her, too, because she's very good. And so, and I wish that, you know, yeah. the reaction hadn't been so bad. You know what? Partially my fault. Pretty sure I tweeted about how oh, bad no. I was. So, but, but I was. <laughs> I mean, I really liked this episode at the time because I thought it, like, expanded the world a lot. But I do agree that it should have been, like, a thread woven throughout the the season instead of a bottle episode because it was just poorly timed especially like with the composition of the show and like just all of that I don't know it just doesn't work agreed the way that they intended it to and it should have been woven through as a thread and you like get little tastes of it in every episode and then it's like the a plot in an episode towards the end Mm -hmm. instead of being like the only plot the only plot yeah yeah I agree. And one of the things that I've said 
recently, like throughout the season, is that I think that potentially this episode, if they wanted to keep it as a bottle episode, would fit better after next episode, after, you know, we see her become bitch in Eleven this episode, but like, I do think it would have been cool if we got to the end of next episode, saw bitch in Eleven, because that's when she shows up, and then it's like, whoa, how did that happen? And then we're not stuck in the middle of a huge yep. cliffhanger, and um, I've said that before, but I think that we can maybe talk a little bit more about that next episode after we've, like, rewatched it and like, talked about it. Yeah. yeah. So they're monitoring police signals, um, and Axel is practicing knife throwing, so that's his thing. What a um, dude. And Kali comes back, and they start making fun of her for helping Eleven. Like, if you're trying to get me to like her friends, it's not happening. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't, like, I find them extremely unlikable. I think, like, I don't mind Mick, who's, like, the one who's, like, maybe we shouldn't make bad decisions, because I relate to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I like um, Funshine, who's the, yeah. who's the like, big the teddy, teddy bear, bear guy. guy. Um, I like him, but the other two are just, like, mean. Yeah. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and I don't like them. So, Kali basically just wants to use Eleven, and the question that I wrote in my notes was, were her tears even real? And I think they were. Yeah. But, I don't know, maybe partially fabricated, I don't know. Just to, like, get Eleven to trust her? I'm not sure. Like, no, given- I think she- I think they were real. Mm-hmm. I don't know, given what happens later in the episode, I feel like she's manipulating her. She does kind of come down and it's just like, Eleven, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And then she, like, walks downstairs, like, three seconds later and it's just like, here's the plan, guys! Haha, <laughs> We have a new tool! Alright, fair enough. Yeah, I feel like it's a combination of, like- being genuinely happy to see someone else from that time and, mm-hmm. like, have a partner who kind of understands you, I guess. Yeah. But also, like, she immediately does the wrong thing with it. Yeah. So Mick says that she's worried that they will be found by the people of the men they've killed. And I think that she means that they're going to be found out by the other people in the lab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think that the people who actually work at the lab now don't care <laughs> like no, people, I think it's a completely different, a like, yeah. administration or whatever. It, it for sure is. So, like, it's interesting that, like, the only people who's really going after them, as far as I can tell, is, like, the police because they're yeah. murdering people. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, the uh, the actual, like, bad guys in the lab who are, like, actually coming after them. <laughs> because they're murdering people is just <laughs> so brutal. Yeah. But it makes 100% sense that neither of them would know that. They would know, yeah. And they would have a very valid fear of those men from the lab. Yeah. And then Kali says, she needs this. Is this for her or for you? Exactly. Like, it it feels like it's for you. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question. Obviously, Eleven goes through, like, some sort of transformation in this episode. Mm-hmm. But what's really different from a season one Eleven other than her clothes? You know what I mean? Like, she's still just as ruthless as she was, and she's still, like, what? I'm not really sure if there really is, like, a character transformation that happens in this episode. I don't know. What do you guys think? I feel like there's not really a... It's not huge, Mm -hmm. but it is a bit of, like... But, like, based on how much they're giving us, it should be huge. It should be huge, but it's a a growing up experience, kind of, rather than a, like being more badass experience Mm -hmm. because she learns to, like, have an understanding for what kind of world Hopper is trying to protect her from, I think. So Mm -hmm. it helps her to see his perspective a little more clear. And he, in turn, with his apology, has come to see her perspective a little Mm -hmm. bit more clearly. And I think that's the main transformation. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I agree. There should be, like, a bigger shift in her. Yeah. Yep. As a result. So that is um, the first third of the episode. Um, so now I'm going to do uh, everybody's favorite segment 
Uh, actually? <laughs> now, I've only got four this episode. Uh, <laughs> I take things from IMDb uh, in which people nitpick about very, very specific things. <clears throat> I love this segment. So, number one. Um, actually... When Kali and Jane meet and are talking on the pier, the Chicago skyline is the backdrop. A handful of the buildings did not exist in 1984. Jesus Christ. What do you expect them to do? <laughs> Digitally go in yeah. and erase the buildings. The specific buildings. Okay. Uh, actually, when robbing the convenience store, Axel refers to Supermarket Sweep, but this show did not debut until 1990. That one's kind of fair, I got Okay, that. yeah, all right. You made a reference to something that didn't exist. Okay. I'll give you that one. Okay. Uh, actually, just after arriving in Chicago, Eleven looks the wrong way when crossing the street. This is because Millie Bobby Brown is British and they drive on the opposite side of the street. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of liked that one. Okay. Uh, actually, when Elle is with her sister in Chicago, the diamond patter of the Crane Communications building is visible in the background. (laughs) In order for the building to be viewed at that angle and at that apparent distance, Elle and her sister would need to be standing in Lake Michigan. It's an impossible location. (laughs) What? I'm tired. Who put that much work into that? Stop it. Go outside. I'm tired. Go outside. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was, that, and and thus concludes, uh, actually, for this episode. Uh, actually, like, I both love and hate at the same time, because it makes me so angry. Go outside. Who do we have doing the summary for part two? Moi. All right, here we go. Eleven hears Hopper on the radio in, in the Inside Out. Uh, she know she hears him apologize to her, but now she's too far away on her adventure to turn around. Uh, she wakes up abruptly because... She wakes up abruptly because uh, Callie is there to uh, introduce her properly to the group of friends. She explains their roles and that they're all outcasts and they tell Eleven that Callie saved them all. Callie explains that they're getting revenge on the people who hurt them. Eleven seems surprised that they kill people, but... (laughs) Eleven, you kill people, but okay, yeah. Kali explains that they make them pay for their crimes because they're criminals. The team begins to underestimate Elle, but she tells them that she's killed people before, too. She kills the bad men. Kali explains that Eleven... <laughs> We're like, same. Kali explains to Eleven that this is how she heals the pain of what she's been through, and she decides to show her how to strengthen her gifts. Kali gets Elle to move an entire train car by using her anger to motivate her. Eleven remembers the, her time in captivity, her fight with Hopper, and the way that her mother was tortured, and she's able to move the train with her pain. Ha <laughs> hmm. Rhyming. <laughs> Kali asks Elle if she recognize any, recognizes any of the bad men on their hit list, and she sees Ray, the man who helped lobotomize her mom. They use Elle's gifts to find him and begin to build a plan. Cue a makeover montage that uh, transitions Elle to her bitchin' look. On their way to attack Ray, they rob a gas station using Elle and Kali's gifts. Uh, When they get to Ray's house, they use Elle's gifts to make sure that he is alone. She sees him watching television. And they go in wearing masks. Els is a baby face. He thinks that they're he thinks that they're robbing him and complies. But then Kali and L take off of their masks. They show him who they were and tell him what he did to them. He claims that Brenner is still alive and that he can take them to him. L doesn't believe him, but she's also scared and angry. She tortures him the way that he tortured her mother, and Kali convinces her to make it last. But then Elle sees a picture of his daughters and starts to waver. Axel sees the girls are in the apartment and that they've called the cops. Elle shows mercy and Callie tries to convince her to finish the job, but she won't. 
and she won't let Callie do it either when Callie tries to shoot him. They flee from the cops, leaving Ray alive. Callie tells Elle that she can show Mercy if that's what she wants, but she's never allowed to take that choice away from her again. So Eleven hears Hopper's messages, thank God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, we weren't sure, I think, last episode if she heard them or not. We, like, thought maybe she did. I was, I'm so glad she did. Yeah. She knows she's loved. Yeah, I was I was pretty sure that she did because I felt like I remembered, like, this exact scene. Yeah. And I'm glad I was right. <laughs> so she feels somebody grab her arm in the inside out, and I guess Kali can do that because she's also magic, or she also has powers or something? I feel like it's, a, it's just an implicate, because she's sleeping, right? Yeah. I feel like it's just an implication that she, like, grabbed her arm in reality, and then she woke up. Does she usually dream in the inside out? Like, I think this is the only time we see her, like, yeah, like sleeping happen well. as a dream. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe it's, like, because it, you know, maybe, I don't know. Her subconscious is coming to her because he's speaking to her, and it's important mm-hmm. for her to cure it or something. Do you guys think this is happening simultaneously? Like, him saying that and her being asleep? Yes, yes. But doesn't Hopper say the message during the day? She, sli- she sleeps late. Oh, she's that's what Kali is expecting. Gotcha. Kali comes in to wake her up mm-hmm. because she slept so late because she just, she had gotten there. Gotcha. Okay. Late. So Kali is kind of given like a scary moment. And I think that maybe that's supposed to like signify that Kali doesn't have her best interests in mind and that maybe this isn't where she belongs, you know, like, mm. like her, she doesn't wake her up like, hey, Elle, wait, or like, hey, Jane, wake up or whatever, you know, like it's there's very a moment much where kind it's like of a very, scare. yeah, it's very scary. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, I think that's kind of what they were going for there. Hang on, let me answer this. It could be struck too. Mm-hmm. Hello? Hello? I'm not a senior, Mark, so uh, this doesn't benefit me in any way. So thanks for your call. Um, have a nice day. <laughs> Go off, Mark. <laughs> what the fuck is senior management? Senior benefits. Oh. oh. Not a senior, Mark. So on IMDb, it also said, um, in Eleven's room at the hideout, a neon sign can be clearly seen in the background, which reads, spiritual advisor. This is the role that Kali takes for Eleven in two ways. First, she gives her advice on how to harness her telekinetic power when Eleven tries to move the train. Second, Kali advises Eleven to kill the people who wronged them in order to make make peace with their troubled past. Since Eleven doesn't fully agree with Kali, it is appropriate that the neon sign is partly broken. Mmm, I like that. Ooh. Sometimes I'm like, there's no, like, they must, like, they must have really put a lot of thought into that, you know? And yeah. it's like, as somebody who has, like, made films before, it's like, some things you're just like, oh, what a coincidence, and other things you're just like, I thought about this for several hours, right. you know? It's like, I'm, I'm glad that they think about stuff like that, and not, um, what angle you would have to be to look at this building from Lake Michigan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, we meet everybody, um, Axel hates spiders, that's his main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Dottie is new and she just recently left a psych ward um mick is the protector and funshine is the warrior and he's very nice um none of them have numbers and they're all outcasts hurt by society but they're basically quote unquote normal yeah um and then on imdb it also said kali's gang is an oblique reference to the vertigo comic series the invisibles written by grant morrison the red paint graffiti king mob is shown repeatedly in kali's hideout king mob was a character in the invisible and is also a reference to an english radical group based in london during the late 1960s early 1970s of the same name so it makes sense as to why they also made her english yeah so do they help kali because like she saved their lives or like you know it it feels like either they're here just because they're outcasts and she brings in certain people or like are they like indebted to her i i don't think they're indebted to her well i don't think they're like i don't think they feel indebted to her Mm -hmm. But I think they're that loyal they are loyal to her yeah. because she did something like save their lives mm-hmm. or... Yeah. She, she did a good thing. Because, okay. like, Funshine is very adamant about how Kali saved them all. Mm-hmm. 
And, like, he gets really emotional about it. Right. Which, because, like, because Funshine is such a nice person, and because, like, you you just, like, trust these people, you know, or you're supposed to narratively, mm-hmm. it does say a lot about Callie's character that, mm-hmm. like, they do all say, like, no, she protects us, she saved mm-hmm. us. So, like, you know she's inherently a good person. It's just her response to how we do, th- how she does things is just sort of not good for Eleven. I just, like, wasn't sure if he meant, like, she physically actually saved us or when he said she saved us, like, spiritually because we all needed a family. I think, oh, it's, I think it's probably both. both. Okay. So they have business cards and ID cards of the people who are responsible for hurting them. Is this people who hurt just Kali or any of them? Because it feels like it's just Kali. But if it was just Kali, why would they all do it? I think to because they're, they're loyal to her. Oh, that's a good point. No, I think that... I think that their grand list is, is everyone. Everybody. But maybe what they show Eleven is just the people that Kali remembers from gotcha. the lab. Because that's the only group of people that Eleven would recognize mm-hmm. anyone from. Yeah. They're vigilantes with a grudge. So they go and kill them because they're criminals who deserve it, is what they said. I personally am not sure that I support killing anybody. Yeah. No matter what they did. Um, I definitely agree with incarceration. I agree. But I don't know... I don't know about the death penalty, you know? I'm in incarceration, rehabilitation. I don't know how I feel about the death penalty, Mm -hmm. um, except that I don't think that you can be anti-abortion and pro-death penalty at the same time. Ooh. All right. I I agree. You know? But yeah, I don't know how I feel about capital punishment other than it makes me very uncomfortable. But then you think about like people like fucking Ted Bundy Mm -hmm. and you're like, well, yeah, you could go. I think the rules need to be tighter then. What do you think, Sam? Yes. I I used to be pro-death penalty, but mm-hmm. now I am, I think I am not. Mm-hmm. Um, because, because of who gets incarcerated. Yeah. So many people get mischarged and so many people, and like, the way that they execute the death penalty mm-hmm. is like really poorly handled and it goes mm-hmm. wrong a lot of the time yeah. and it, it gets just horrible for the person, like, experiencing it. And also, like, how can you have the death penalty but not allow people to have voluntary euthanasia? Like, Mm -hmm. how is that supposed to work? Yeah. I don't... I'm I'm against the death penalty, I think. I think there's been enough cases where people have been taken off of death row because they were wrongfully charged and put on death row in the first place that you have to be like, okay, you know what? We as a society shouldn't be able to judge this, especially because our society has so many systematic issues that put those people in prison in the first place. Basically, what I was trying to say <laughs> is that I don't think people should go and kill people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Be, eat, no matter what they did. Basically. Whereas, like, I then there's, like, a stream where there was, like, if they're, like, friggin' rapist, mm. and I'm like... Mm. I think that they should go to prison, but I don't I don't think you should murder people because then then you'll go to prison, you know? Because, and True. Then, so then... Like, I... I don't know. This is a really deep conversation for, for this TV <laughs> this show. This conversation's more interesting than this episode. Go off. I, I mean, I do feel like murder in self-defense or murder in, like, murdering your rapist uh, or your captor is valid and should not be held to the same level of punishment as, like, killing an innocent person. Oh, yeah. Like, if it's, like, your captor, like, that's how you get away. That's, yeah. like, a self-defense thing, right? Yeah. But I agree. I think vigilante justice is just such a um, mixed, complicated bag. Mm -hmm. And, like, you're never going to get what you want out of it. Yeah. And you're also probably going to get in trouble for it as well. Because you're always either running from the cops or you get caught and then you get arrested or killed yourself. Yeah. And 
Who does that help? Nobody. Exactly. Because then you yourself become a serial killer and then you yourself go on death row. You know? Like, it's a circle. It's just a, it's a yeah. cycle of perpetuation that is uh, not good. So they call her Eleven. They call her Shirley Temple all the time because of her curls. And they convince her that the people she killed, like the people that Eleven killed, like in season one, etc., deserve it. And that these people do too and will hurt people again if they don't do it. Yeah. And like, sure... But my thing is that, like, we go and see Ray. And was Ray, was Ray a terrible person? Yes. Did he do terrible things? Yes. But, like, now he has two daughters and he's sitting in his house watching TV. You know what I mean? Like, I really don't think he's going, like, he's not going back to the lab to do this. I don't know. I feel like this is um, similar to my feelings on cancel culture. Mm -hmm. And just, like, he helped torture kids. Yeah, he was a shitty person. But if we don't, like... If we kill everyone who ever did a bad thing and don't let anyone ever learn. grow and learn and become okay, better people, okay. then you just end okay. up killing everybody? Totally fair, but, and I'm not saying this guy should die, but he also faced no consequences for what he did. Oh, sure. He should, like, not have kids and, like, yeah. probably go to jail and they should probably go with live with his wife. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Um, but he doesn't deserve to get shot in front of his kids mm-hmm. yeah, that- by a group of, like, children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My main, my main thing was that, like, what they say is that, like, these people will do it again if they, if they don't go and kill them right now. And, and I, and, like, that's just not true. Because exactly. I don't, I don't think Ray's gonna do anything. Like, could some of the people do that? Absolutely. Sure. But, like, we, you need like to that, pick your people, you Like, know? that crazy lady that Elle killed in season one, she deserved it. Mm-hmm. But Ray, I don't know. Like, I wonder, like, if they had gone in there and just, like, scared him a little bit, which obviously they kind of ended up actually doing. Like, if it could be enough. I don't know. I don't know if that's enough. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Moving on. So, Kali says that once she finally confronted the pain, she began to heal. By killing people? (laughs) Okay. So she wants her to bring the train towards her, and it's obviously too heavy, and then she mentions that she lifted a van in season one, and so just needs to be that angry again. I... I really don't, like, is it worth it? If you're more powerful when you're angry and you're just stewing in your anger, is it worth being more powerful when you're suffering because you're just thinking about all the things that make you angry? I I don't think so. I can't remember, like, which franchise I'm, like, thinking about, but it's probably, like, Harry Potter or something, mm-hmm. where instead of drawing on your anger to have that level of strength, you draw on, like, the love that other people have for you, and then you have, and then you're, like, even stronger. I think, I think, I don't know if this is what you're thinking of, but like, it reminds me of Monsters, Inc. And how, you know, it's like yeah, sure. the screams, but then also you can use it for the laughter. laughter yeah. is even better. Yeah. It's even more powerful. And so like the love, like, I feel like Elle wasn't angry when she flipped the van. She yeah. was protective when she flipped yeah. the van. Yeah. Cause she loved so, her friends so much. She wanted to protect them. Well, exactly. I feel like she, there could have been like a little bit of anger there, but mm. it was like, like a determination kind of anger, mm. not like a, actually angry like like, a, like an actual like deep rage. Like, yeah, yeah yeah i can't remember exactly what happens in the season finale for season two but i think that's close to along the lines of what they end up doing with the moral when is. yeah because yeah. when 11 has to like close the gate she i i feel like she pictures good things yeah i think so. angry things yeah and that makes her even stronger, mm-hmm. which is, I think, the lesson that they should be going. Yeah. But it's also kind of cool that, like, you see, like, what the two things are and, like, what Kali, like, uses as motivation. Because I think it is a valid thing to be, like, anger motivates me. Yeah. Because for a lot of people, you, 
people say don't do stuff out of spite. I do stuff out of spite all the time, and it's actually really successful. So it's, like, different things and different methods work for different people. But for Eleven, who, like, just spent, you know, what was it, like, a month or something? How long was she with them for? Not even. Almost a year. No, with them? Yeah. Oh. Like, a day. Yeah. I think they were together for, like, maybe a week. Maybe. Like, maybe three days. So she's been, it's been, like, a weekend. So she's mm-hmm. been like there in that little anger bubble for that long and then had just spent all that really positive time like learning and growing her powers in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, okay, so that worked for her, but Kali Kali's method of like anger doesn't work for Eleven, which I think is like really interesting because there's they're just too different, right? So this is the part that really confused me is that Kali's like, think of the thing that has made you the most angry in your entire life. And we go back to archive footage of Mike and Max. I really don't like that choice. No, it's I don't so like that. It's so stupid. It's like, that's, that's season two's like huge, ugly, sexist mistake. And yeah. I am yeah. really glad that they walk it back in season three because yeah. it's so bad. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like, do they make other sexist mistakes in season three? 1,000%. Mm-hmm. But uh, this one was just stupid. Yeah. This like, one was overtly like... Like, it's like 2017. Why are you being this dumb? You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, what they were trying to do here, and I think the mistake they made, is that they were trying to make it seem like an 80s era TV show, which is like, oh, you know, you always have, like, the jealousy. There's always the love triangle. And I'm like... 100% is, like, relying on that trope. But but it's like, that doesn't work now, like, as a storytelling device. It's Mm -hmm. just like, that's boring. Especially with this kid. Exactly! That dates your show and your ideals and, like, your morals. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just bad. Yeah. Uh, And then we also get shots of, like, Hopper and stuff. And, like, okay, I mean... Did he make some mistakes? Yeah, but ultimately he was trying to help you and he he kept you safe for like a full Precisely. And she's and she's only remembering the bad parts, which is like important later, like you said, Sam, is that later she remembers the good parts and that helps her even more. Right. So she moves the train um, and she looks at all the people. She recognizes one um, and he's the one who turned the dial to shock Terry. His name is Ray mm-hmm. Carroll. And uh, Kali says that he also hurt her and um, he's hard to track because he knows about them. So he knows that, I guess, their vigilante group is going after people like that. And so he, like, runs away, Yeah, I guess. Um, so she finds him using the phone book. And, and his picture. Yeah. And so Mick is a little worried about it because, like, the police know what plate they're using right now. And so they can't really, like, go out. So they swap plates so that their van isn't recognized. Um, and Which they're is like, a great idea. They're like, we're trying to make this a memorable first day for Jane. I hate this. I hate this. A memorable first day. Let's go kill a man. So they go and give her a makeover. She becomes bitch in 11. Um, They drive right by some cops and nothing happens. So that kind of like signifies that their plan worked. Everybody chooses a mask. She gets baby because she is baby. And um, Kali, they go to the gas station. Kali makes the gas station guy see his bathroom leaking, which it isn't. And so they steal all the things. Um, and Eleven's gonna grab an apple, but no, she actually wants Eggos because her dad wouldn't let her have Eggos and now she can do whatever she wants. (laughs) So Daryl is the guy who works at the gas station. He points a gun at them and Kali tries to tell him they're not stealing from him. They're stealing from the people who own the company. And I'm like, okay, but if they look at like the, like the CCTV footage, which I, yeah, I mean, Murray had one, so they yeah. they, they probably have one here. Um, would the people who, like, hire him not see that he just, like, let them go and then, like, fire him? You know, like, 
I mean, they could make it, he could make it look like he tried and, yeah. like, they could still get away. Yeah. And, like, I, do, I don't think that you should go and rob people. Yeah. But I also understand Callie's point of view in that, like, they're the outcasts of society who are not cared for enough mm-hmm. by society. Mm-hmm. And um, billionaires uh, shouldn't exist. I don't think that Daryl was actually going to shoot anybody, um, but Eleven attacks him anyway because she's, like, protecting Kali because that's what she does is she protects the people she likes. Um, And the police come and they get away. Uh, There was a thing on IMDb that said the music used when Eleven, Kali, and the gang are are preparing to leave to find Ray is from the deleted bank heist scene from Escape from New York from 1981 composed by John Carpenter. That is a deep cut. That's cool. That's really cool. So before they go in, they're going to check to see what he's doing because Eleven can check. Uh, well, like, usually they would, like, go up and, like, sneakily go and look. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just have Eleven look. And I guess, like, Eleven just didn't... You know, that's that's the problem is that, like, I think that if they had actually gone around and, like, checked, they would have seen the girls. Um, but because Eleven is, like, an amateur and she's never done this before, she doesn't know to look for the girls. They exactly. told her they told her to look for Ray, you know? So she looked for Ray. She says no one else is in the room, you know? And so. she didn't think to, like, no one told her walk around the apartment, right? It's just look in that room. Yeah. So he's watching TV by himself and everyone goes except for Mick because she's the getaway driver. Um, and Funshine wears a teddy bear mask because he is a teddy bear. She said that he was a teddy bear and now he wears the teddy bear mask. I think that's cute. adorable. He's watching Punky Brewster and they unlock the door, um, and they do that thing that Eleven does, like, specifically, where it, like, goes out the little lock thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Eleven's done that, like, maybe Several once or twice times, before. yeah. Just, like, at Terry's house. I think that's so cool. And so they steal his pills and his wallet. Um, he says that he doesn't remember them. And Kali gives him the vision to see her and Eleven as children so that he would remember them. He says that he just did what he was told, and Kali says that he chose to follow a man that he knew was evil. And he says that he can help them find Brenner. But they're like, he's dead. But Ray says that he's alive. I think he's dead. I think he's dead as well because we saw him yeah. die. I think that Ray is grasping at straws and this is the only thing that he can possibly do to live. And then I think that Kali preys on Eleven's fear that Brenner may be alive. Yeah. Later. Yes. I agree. So Eleven is choking him and Kali says to do it slow. What is wrong with her? Like, I know, I know she, that she's they, emotionally and damaged yeah. because they, she was tortured. Like, yeah. I know, I know. That's the end of the sentence. I know. <laughs> but like, is it not punishment enough to just kill him? Yeah. I don't know. I think. I, may, torturing people makes me really uncomfortable. I think because Kali, like, is so traumatized, mm-hmm. she wants to, like, savor someone getting their just desserts, you know? Right, yeah. Um, so Eleven sees that he has two daughters in the frame, um, and Axel and I think Dottie find the two daughters. They're hiding and they're already on the phone with the police. My next question was why couldn't Eleven see them? But I think I answered my own question earlier, which is that like she was looking for Ray and she wasn't looking everywhere else. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Kali still wants to kill him even with his daughters in the other room. Mm-hmm. And Eleven won't do it, so Kali's going to shoot him, but Eleven stops her. Once again, the police arrive and they get away. Eleven's allowed to show mercy if she wants, but Kali, but don't take away Kali's choice to show mercy. Yeah. Which, like, not. I get, but, like, that was Eleven's kill, wasn't it? I don't know. Like, I feel like it, it should have been, be? but he, like, I mean, he probably also tortured Kali. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, she like, specifically he was already said, yeah. on her board. Mm-hmm. All right, okay, yeah. So, she, like, she gave it to yeah. Eleven. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of, I liked this moment. Like, I thought it was a good point. 
mm-hmm. to say, like, you can show mercy if you want to, but I get to choose if I show mercy or not. Like, I thought fair. that was a really good moment and a good, um, like, point and everything. Yeah. However, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that she didn't kill that man. Yeah. Because uh, that would have been really upsetting, especially knowing that his daughters were in the other room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the point where it's like, okay, where does the morality come back in? Yeah. So that is the second part. Um, before we move on to part three, we just wanted to remind you guys, um, first of all, that we have four other podcasts. We do. Uh, we talk about it. We'll talk about it a little more um, in the outro, but we have podcasts for um, The Hundred, Lost, Star Trek, and Riverdale as well. So if you guys want to check out our podcasts on any of those other shows, um, you should. And uh, that would be good. I can recommend almost all of them. So. Oh, Riverdale. Yeah. <laughs> Riverdale in particular. Riverdale and Lost are like, you know. Robin's babies. Those are my things. I'm like, what do you mean you can recommend almost all of them? I thought you meant like recommend them as TV shows, not recommend like the podcast themselves. Oh. And oh. I was like, yeah. ma'am, <laughs> those are your podcasts, ma'am. Even if you don't uh, watch the TV show, we have people who listen to our podcast anyway. And apparently it's still pretty... Uh, it holds up. Yeah. It, it still makes a, at least a little bit of sense. So um, go ahead and check those out if you want to. Um, but we also have a Patreon. And Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite uh, creators. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. Our donations start at $1 a month. Um, that's where you can get early access. This podcast in particular um, goes up a whole week in advance on Patreon. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. And we also send out a postcard to all of our patrons every november um and we got a milestone on our patreon so we are going to be sending out like some really cool like stickers and other stationary stuff um this year so you're definitely going to want to join before november this year yay for sure um and also if you help us five dollars or more um you get 10 percent off at shopbelux.com which is where me and Brittany sell some really cool art i personally have a three stranger things designs i do embroidery Mm -hmm. and i have steve hopper and joyce so if you guys want to check those out you can and Brittany makes some really cool resin art so uh it's worth the 10 percent off i think i Um, think so oh for sure but even if you don't have the 10 percent off check it out because that's another way that you can help us with uh, without having to do it monthly, you know, and you just get really something cool out of it. As someone who has purchased both of your, uh, offerings, I agree. It's worth it. Hey, thank you for being a customer, honey. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. <laughs> thanks for um, making cool stuff. Thanks. But if you, um, can't help us out monetarily, that's totally okay. The next best thing you can do, recommend us to a friend. Yeah. Um, can't even tell you how much that helps. You can either recommend this podcast or one of our other four podcasts and, um, Recommend the Riverdale podcast. You'll have a good time. (laughs) And our last podcast, by the way, is spoiler free. So if you're watching for the first time with us, uh, you can. Yep. Yeah. And um, also another thing that would really help that is free, um, writing us a review on iTunes. That's also. Oh, yes. Apple podcasts, I guess. iTunes is obsolete now, I suppose. Um, (laughs) R.I.P. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. uh, Now we're going to move on to the third third. Callie and Eleven talk about their past and the morality of killing the dude. (laughs) <laughs> That's just... Yeah. Yeah. Kali tells Eleven she found a person just like Hopper, but she lost them too. She took up her cause to fight everyone who wronged them and to kill Brenner. Kali makes him appear behind Eleven and tells Eleven that she has to confront her pain and heal her wounds with Kali and the crew. The cops silently roll up in the warehouse while Elle searches for Hopper and Mike in her mind space. She sees Mike yelling about a trap, but she can't reach him. The cops storm the warehouse. Kali shields them long enough for them to escape to the van where they have a shootout with the cops. Kali makes a massive wall appear. Eleven realizes that she has to go back to her friends and leaves the crew behind 
breaking Kali's heart. She finds a bus and a nice woman sits next to her and tries to get her to talk for some reason. <laughs> she asks where she's going and Eleven tells her that she's going back to her friends. She's going home. I love it. The fear I felt in my heart in the initial watch of that episode that that lady was like yep. working for Brenner. Yep. Oh my god. Yup. I was like viscerally afraid that Eleven was going to get like just straight kidnapped on right. her way home. But no, it was genuinely just a nice Just person. a nice lady yeah. who was yeah. concerned that someone was, or a kid was traveling by herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Kali visit, visits Eleven in her room and Eleven basically says that she felt really bad for his kids. And Kali says that they were also children when he hurt them. And like, um, she has a point. That's a like, like, cool also, motive to still murder though. And like, okay, but why should you hurt other people just because you were hurt? You know? Yeah, it just perpetuates the cycle. And I know that, like, he was the one who hurt her, so, like, that's a little bit different, but, like, it reminds me of, like, the circle of, like, bullying, you know? Yeah. When, like, you know, some, like, if you're, if someone is bullied, they're more likely to, like, become a bully mm-hmm. later, yeah. you know? I was bullied, but it turned out that, um, I just became a gay bully who bullies straight people <laughs> for being homophobic. So I, I think I'm valid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Kali said that she went to the rainbow room and one day Eleven was just like gone. So she escaped once her powers were strong enough. I don't know how long that ended up being, you know, like yeah. how many more years was she there? That must have been a while. Yeah. And like, did they, did they separate them before that? Like, did they decide yeah. that Eleven needed to be isolated before? Right. Training Probably. her to attack the Russians. Right. Because Eleven was still at like, the lab. And like Eleven didn't remember Kali until yeah. she met her mom. Yeah. So I feel like they took Eleven away from Kali a lot sooner and Kali got away a lot sooner than Eleven did. Right. Agreed. So Kali says that she tried to find a home just like um, Eleven and Hopper and they're like, at least there are like some nice things that she says about Hopper. And it's weird that, you know, this is never brought up again. I feel like it would have been if in season three, if, uh, yeah, like if who, who was she with? Yeah. Why did she have to leave them? So she tells Eleven that she can either go back into hiding or face it outright and help her. Um, and Eleven decides to do something else entirely. Yeah. She does, like, all of the above. She decides to go back into hiding, technically, but she is, like, part of the reason why everybody is saved. She's very needed Mm -hmm. in Hawkins. So, um, they say, okay, we have to go and find Brenner, and Eleven's like, Brenner is dead, so Callie gives her the vision to see him. Um, I gotta, this is not friend behavior. This is not sister no, behavior. This, this is, no, this no. is really toxic. The Brenner vision is, is horrible. I yeah. don't think that I really fully realized the first few times that I watched this episode that it is something that Kali controls entirely and mm-hmm. not just Eleven having like a trauma flashback or yeah. something. Like Kali is doing this. Kali is putting the words in his mouth. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, to me, it like borders on abuse. Yeah. Because like, you know that this is a person who literally tortured her mm-hmm. and tortured you and you're using them to manipulate her. And that's really, really shitty thing to exactly. do. So he says like, you didn't look for me. And did you look, didn't, did you not look for me because you thought I was dead or did you not look for me because you were afraid that I was not dead? And he calls her Eleven, which is interesting because did Jane ever tell Kali that he called her that? She must she have. She her number, doesn't she? Yeah, but but he she, probably she, he probably called her eight. Okay, sure. All right, you can ca- you can add that one then. <laughs> so I have this word, mm-hmm. 
And it's my least favorite word in the entire world. It's not even like a gross sounding word, like moist. It's just like um, what the word describes makes me really uncomfortable. Do you want to like spell it? It starts with an F. Mm -hmm. um, And it is similar to the name of the uncle in the Adams family. I think that's all of the information needed. Don't Google what that word actually means. Because especially on Google images. images. I feel like that's kind of like the thing that really... I'm like, messed me up there. The minute you told me not to, I was like, I'm going to do it. I mean, go ahead. No, I mean, I'm show me the thing. It's, I am feel afraid. It's horrible. I already 100% know what it means. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, they say it four times this episode. Yep. Like twice in the train scene, I think. And then twice in this scene. Yep. And I'm like, I feel like, like potentially that was like part of my really negative feelings about, about this episode also. Why? Why? I think that's <laughs> like, fair. I know that it's like not a... Terrible word for literally everybody else, but like... And it's not like a personal attack on you, but like it kind of feels it like kind, it. It feels like it. <laughs> so Eleven yells, get out of my head. Is she re- is she yelling that to Brenner or Kali or both? Both. Yeah. That's so... How do you look at your sister and say that she makes you whole and then do this and even when she yells, get out of my head, still not do it, you know? Yeah. I think because Kali has no idea what a healthy relationship looks like. And that's the thing is that like since Eleven knows what Kali's power is... She knows that it's Kali who's doing this to her. Yep, yep. And I feel like that's part of it because, like, maybe 20 minutes later is when she decides to leave. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I feel like this was her her breaking point. Yeah. You know? This was the thing that made her turn around. And Kali says, oh, it's totally your choice to leave whenever you want. And Eleven's like, oh, dope. Okay, I will. <laughs> like, okay, bye. And she says, here are your two options. You can either go home to your policeman, lame, or stay and avenge your mother. Which is so admirable. You know, like, the way that she says... It, you know, there's a bias there. She's leading the witness yeah, yeah, by yeah. saying you can either go home or you can avenge your mother, you know? Right. And so it's a it's a perfectly designed guilt trip. Yeah. And also I, I agree with you. I think that the that using Brenner against her is part of what convinces her to go home. Yeah. Because like that's just that you crossed a line. Yeah. You shouldn't have crossed. Like Hopper would never do this to me, even if he had the power to. Right. Um, so downstairs, uh, everybody's arguing about gambling and Mick gets distracted with the argument and doesn't notice the police. Eleven remembers how safe and good she felt with Mike and Hopper and her friends. And so she visits Hopper in the inside out, which is of course the last of, it's the end of last yeah. episode that we see. We see Mike saying it's a trap. And that's like, you know, not only did all these terrible things literally just happen to her, she had this terrible vision that this person who she thought that she trusted and was supposed to have her best interest in mind made happened to her and now she sees hopper and mike the two people that she loves the most in the world in trouble they need her yeah yep. it's, and so the decision is go. just like made for her in that moment mm-hmm. yeah and so the police get in and so all of them have to run collie hides them all with her power so they're all invisible but they so they run but they get caught in a shootout and so she has them visualize a giant wall blocking them which stops them from shooting um, and Eleven says that she has to go because her friends are in danger. And of course, Kali, for some reason, is like caught off guard by this. She like expected Eleven to stay for some reason after all that happened. So she's caught off guard. And that's why the wall starts to like disintegrate because she was caught off guard. I think that's a fascinating thing, though. Like, I think Kali's very used to getting her way. And mm-hmm. the fact that she didn't is just like, oh, okay, I, I made a lot of missteps here. Mm-hmm. And the shame is that we never get to see them like reconcile. And I don't even know if Kali thinks that that what she did with Brenner was the problem. Like, I think not. that's why she's so surprised that she was like, what? I think she fully just expected Eleven to see it from her point of view because mm-hmm. she thinks that Eleven 
should have the same feelings about that time in their lives uh-huh. that she does. Which, like, and makes sense. Doesn't. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't she have those same feelings? It's just that Eleven has, like, already been on her own journey. Yeah. So, Kali tells Eleven that her friends cannot save her. And Eleven says that she can save her friends. And exactly. So that's important. And um, I guess she just, like, never sees any of them again. That's, that's the thing that pissed me off about this episode. It's just, like, why did you waste my time if you were never going to continue this ever again? That's the thing is that they were going to. But yeah. because everybody hated the episode so much, they didn't. You know? Like, they were going to if there had been a better reception to this storyline. Okay, fair point. And I think that there, like I said, I think that there would have been a better reception to the storyline if they had paced it differently. Yep. Um. So I guess Kali kind of feels like she's missing a part of herself again. Mm-hmm. Um. And Elle gets back on the same bus, back to Hawkins. And there's a nice lady who wants to help Eleven. And, <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> uh, and she says, well, you are quite the chatterbox. Ma'am, she, like, just learned English. She, like, had a had a vocabulary of zero a year ago. Okay, like, <laughs> chill out I forgot out about that. Um, so she says, are you heading back to your parents? And she says, no, I'm heading back to my friends. And that she's going home. And then we see the, um, the sign for Indiana. And so, yeah, she is literally going home. And that's another thing is that, like, but, okay, but then we don't see her until the very end of next episode, you know? Like, I really, ah... Uh, I wish we had, I wish we had flipped this episode and next episode yep. really bad. Yep. I think once you introduced that idea, I know I've said this before, but once you did, I was like, oh, that's the best idea I've ever heard. That should have mm-hmm. been it. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're going to do our segments. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of these segments is even relevant, but let's go through them anyway. Um, my first segment is good guy Steve alert. Uh, we all know for a fact that Steve is off being a good guy, you know, um, <laughs> And it's not even that, like, we can just assume that. We see him being a good guy. This is happening simultaneously with the with the last episode. So mm-hmm. he was being a very good guy last episode. So I feel confident in saying good guy Steve Alert is still thriving because Steve is ultimately being a good guy simultaneously. Absolutely. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, And my... Wait, what was my segment? How garbagey is Jonathan? Oh, yeah. My segment is how garbagey is Jonathan. Like, zero. He wasn't in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> to you, Jonathan. And my segment is, uh, did Joyce and Hopper acknowledge their obvious history? Um, and while we didn't see them, I'm going to say that they did, because pro- Hopper is, like, probably giving her a hug or something, like, while they're fearing for their lives. Who, who's to say? Well, we're to say next episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Kali and Eleven for... Bitchin'. Bitchin'. That's really cute. All right, so it turns out that the person who says bitchin' before Eleven is actually Dottie and not Kali? Does anybody... Maybe this is a Mandela effect thing. Does anybody else remember it, like, specifically being Kali? I don't know. I rewatched the episode. Whatever. Anyway, um, that iconic moment is actually... Half of it is Dottie instead of Kali, which is kind of uh, crazy to me, but I guess that's what that's what's true. That, uh, fun fact, I actually named one of my, um, the first collection that I did, the Pretty Bitchin' collection, mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, so there was, like, lots of pink stuff, and then she had, like, the opposite, like, the exact same thing, like, the exact same product, but in, like, a gray and gold thing. It was really dope. You guys should go check it out, because she's still doing customs all that. It's true. But, like, the pretty was, like, oh, pink, and then the bitchin' was, like, black. Yeah. <laughs> Mine goes to the random lady on the bus for... Now you are quite the chatterbox. I think you're a nice lady, random lady. I, I appreciate you. We had our doubts, but you never come back. So exactly. And mine goes to uh, Kali and Eleven, but mostly Eleven, for... They cannot save you, Jane. No. But I can save them. Great. <laughs> 
Guys, I cannot believe we're so close to the end of the season. It's like, that, that's what sucks is it's just like doing it and taking up the entire mm-hmm. year to do it means that like we're almost done the year and it's like, it feels like nothing happened this year at all. And that's because not a lot Nothing did. has happened this year. Not, yeah. not personally, you know? No. I mean, other than, like, the whole pandemic and stuff. That's yeah. why, yeah, nothing, yeah, yeah, yeah. not personally. Yeah. Uh, I've been sitting in my room a lot and embroidering. Go check out my, <laughs> go check out my embroidery. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Students. If you're so inclined, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate that. It really does help um, get us out there and it makes us go up in the search results. Um, so that would be great. Would really appreciate it's that. It's true, it does. Mm-hmm. Or just do the little stars. Then you don't even have to write anything. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. Uh, Robin and I have been watching the final season and um it's almost over. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. the most brutal thing. <laughs> no, it's a fact. That's like, a fact. Here's the nicest thing I can say. <laughs> it's almost over. I think that when this episode comes out, there will only be one episode left. Oh, oh good for us. Or maybe maybe two. No, I think that the second last episode comes out the day that this episode. Guys, I'm actually really happy for future you. Exactly. Same same. And we will be going back to do the first three seasons so that we can um, actually talk about a show that we love. Exactly. Back when it was good. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we love to talk about that show. It is our favorite piece of junk food garbage that'll eventually clog our arteries and kill us. Um, (laughs) We have covered basically the first four seasons of the show. Not even just basically. Yeah. Literally. Well, yeah, the first four. Well, but we didn't get to finish season four because... Season four never finished. Um, so we have the whole show covered so far, and we're going to be covering whatever else comes from this show at some point in some And fashion. none of the spinoffs. <laughs> no, we, you know what? We didn't we watch know. Katie Keene at all, actually. Yeah. We know what we're here for, and uh, it's, it's Riverdale. It's Riverdale. We did try and watch Sabrina, but it just wasn't for us. Yeah. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show, too. Um, we have finished season one and season two, and we're at the beginning of season three, and I am thrilled because I really love season three. Um, and like I said before, it is spoiler-free, so if you want to watch with us for the first time, you can. We have a spoiler section at the end that you basically just, like, click off of. <laughs> before we start talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have guests over there. So if you're a fan of Lost, uh, hit me up on Twitter or wherever, and maybe we can get you on an episode. That'd yeah. be super fun. I mean, will it be a couple of years later? Yeah, yeah maybe. But you can do it. Yeah. I have, like, a list of people that I call for, like, dropouts, though. So if you want to be on that list, you can. If you don't care about what episode you're on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about that show, too. Uh, we have covered all of season one of Star Trek Picard, and we happen to be recording this podcast on, on Star Trek, Trek Day. Day. Brittany and I super love Star Trek and Robin is new to it. So there is something for everybody on our podcast. Yeah. And hopefully we're going to be doing um, more Star Trek because we're not sure when Picard is going to be coming back. But there's, God, just so <laughs> much just Star Trek to deal so with. So many yeah, options. There's like the original series TNG, DS9 that we've been touched, Voyager, and then there's like all the new stuff too. We've got Discovery. Oh my We've god, got Lower Decks. Enterprise again. I always forget about Enterprise. We've got Discovery. Sorry, Scott Bakula. We've got Lower Decks. We've got Picard. We've got uh, Star Trek Discovery and eventually Strange New Worlds. And Section 31. And Section 31. There's what a time to be alive mm-hmm. as a Star Trek fan. And Lower Decks is really funny. So, so you funny. should definitely go watch that. Even if you've never watched Star Trek, it's a comedy about like Star Trek, so you could go watch it. If you like Bob's Burgers or Archer or like I guess Rick and Morty, I don't know how to watch that. Uh then I think you will enjoy uh Lower Decks. It is hilarious and it's in space.
It's true. You can follow at the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, mostly Twitter. Like, to be honest, like almost exclusively Twitter. Um, except on Tumblr, I post gifts of all of our favorite line awards. So eventually I will get to this episode and uh, that will be super fun and cool and good and fresh. It will be. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados. If you spare a dollar, we would like really appreciate it because it's expensive. At our $5 tier, you get 10% off at shopbelox.com because um, we just want to give you discounts on the stuff that we make because that's fun. Discounts. Discounts. We're getting with the discounts. Oh, but also if you can't donate, that's okay. The next best thing is word of mouth. Yeah, or even if you don't get 10% off at shoppylux.com, check out shoppylux.com anyway. Um, I'm also on there. I just have, like, a section separate. It's called Hi Birdie. It's called Hi Birdie, so... Because um, um, every Monday I wake up and say, Hi Birdie! Because Robin is the birdie. Um, you can check in the description as well. Uh, we have links to both of those, so you don't even have to write them down. You just have to click, which is great. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end, but I wouldn't. And you can follow me on Twitter at at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. Our next episode is episode 208. It's called The Mind Flayer. One of my, another one of my favorite episodes, to be honest. Uh, I remember bawling my eyes out during this episode the first time I watched it. (laughs) Um, And it comes out November 4th. My mom and I, when, I always watch the season and then I watch it again with her. Yeah. When she's watching it for the first Mm -hmm. time. And, uh... During this episode, my mom literally threw her water bottle at the television. Wow. Oh my so, god! Yeah, yeah. It's quality TV. I'm looking forward to it yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.